No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you were tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. You can join us here every single day of the week except on Thursdays. That is podcast-free Thursdays. And every other Friday, we have our good friend Donna Brandenburg, who is fighting for you and America. Let's get started. <laughs> oh, man, it's oh, going to suck to be you deep staters when this is all said and done. You guys really have no idea what's coming for you. <laughs> Watch out, the American people are coming for you. Well, good evening, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host and they are the ones at the wheel. And therefore, they're the ones that are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here today. It is Monday, December 5th, 2022. Happy Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend and welcome to His Hard Line for another episode of 1% with Him. That would be episode 391 and we're going to be reading Isaiah chapter 25 and we'll have a little discussion afterwards. But I apologize for the latency. I'm telling you, this is becoming more and more of a frustrating ordeal as each passing day goes by. I literally got to my computer at five minutes to seven. That's 655 with the anticipation that I could possibly have a little hiccup with my audio and trying to get connectivity and, and try to get everything going. And of course, here we are, 7.30. So I've been at this for 35 minutes to try to get this to go. So I do apologize for it, but at the same time, definitely not user error. I promise you, it's either Satan or Podbean just flat out sucks. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's the first option because I'd have never heard anybody else that does live shows on Podbean have this kind of issues. And I promise you, I'm not on dial-up, so it's not like I'm having an internet issue. Whew. I need to breathe. It is a very frustrating thing. I mean, some days I can just brush it off and let it roll off, you know, like water, like on a duck's back. But there's days like today where I'm just super frustrated with it because it's just, it just, I just want to like toss my laptop across the room and be like, why don't you work? <laughs> anyway, we're here now. I guess that's all that matters. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So 
I'm not really going to go over headlines or anything like that, but there is one thing that I kind of wanted to bring up, which is kind of interesting. Now, for somebody that may not live in Michigan, this may not be a big deal to you, but at the same time, it's also something to pay attention to because this has everything to do with our utility companies. Now, yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, there was a shooting that happened where somebody shot up a power substation somewhere in North Carolina and it put over 40,000 yeah, 40, plus people without power. I don't know if they, it wasn't specific. I don't know if it's 40,000 plus homes or people. I imagine it was probably people, but put 40,000 plus people out without power. And that's somebody shooting up a substation. Now, if you remember years ago, this happened, I believe, somewhere out west. I think in California, someone took a sniper rifle, I want to say, and shot up some key components within a substation to try to create a, a, a blackout of sorts. Now, that is a separate incident from what I'm going to be reading about, but it's something to take note of and pay attention to. Because one thing that we're seeing is a big energy crisis overseas, over in Europe, right? And there's like this big war on gasoline. They are pushing so hard that for this Green New Deal nonsense, right? And if they control the energy, they can control a country that can control the world, right? You control the food supply, you can control people. And you can't really get your food supply up if you don't have enough energy because it takes energy to not only grow and raise food, but it also takes a lot of equipment to harness that food and to package that food and to ship the food. So there is a war on energy. <clears throat> now here in Michigan, this dropped November 29th. So not that long ago, it was introduced by a representative by the name of uh, Rep uh, Rabbi, Rep Rabbi, Rabbi, I don't know, I'm going to say it's Rabbi. And he referred to the Committee on Energy. Now, this I'm going to read something here. It says a joint resolution proposed proposing an amendment to the state constitution of 1963 which, by the way, Michigan has four state constitutions, but by amending Section 15 and 29 of Articles 7 and adding Section 31 to Article 5 to create a state public utility. So, in other words, a private partner par partnership, a private public partnership. So, basically, it's like they want to set it up like Venezuela, where the government takes over all the oil and gas companies and utility companies. That's basically what they want to turn Michigan to, like little Venezuela, basically. And if you know anything about the government, I mean, look at Amtrak, for example. That is a disaster of a government-ran program on the transportation sector. They can't even get that to run functional and, 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 and be efficient and be profitable. They can't even run that. We expect them to run our energy companies? Come on. So resolved by the Senate and House of Representatives of the state of Michigan that the following amendment to the state constitution of 1963 to create a state public utility is proposed, agreed to, and submitted to the people of the state via Article 5. All right, now I'm going to read something here. So the state public utility is created. All right, this is, this is um, go to the next page here. The State Public Utility Board is created. The Public Service Committee Commission shall appoint the first member of the board within 30 days after the effective date of this section. The term of a member 
of the board is six years or until a successor is appointed by the Public Service Commission, whichever is later. If a vacancy occurs on the board, the chairperson of the board shall appoint an individual to fill the vacancy for the balance of the term. A majority of the members of the board continue constitutes a quorum for transacting business. A vote in favor by a majority of the members of the board serving is required for any action of the board. And the board shall conduct its business in compliance with state law regarding open meetings. A writing that is prepared, owned, used, possessed, or retained by the board is performing an official function is subject to retention and disclosures as provided under state law. And the board shall do all of the following. A. Purchase or acquire by eminent domain all of the electric and natural gas generation distribution or transmission facilities owned by an investor owned utility in this state. B authorize the issuance of bonds to finance or refinance the purchase acquisition or development or electric or natural gas generation distribution or transmission facilities. C set all now this should scare the hell out of people this would give the government of michigan the de facto corporate government the ability to set all rates fares fees charges services rules conditions of service and all other matters pertaining to the formation operation or direction of the state public utility d no later than 18 months after the effective date of this section, implement a plan that does all of the following. Establishes lower rates for low-income residential customers. Yeah, and I wonder who's going to pick up the slack for the rest of it. Hmm. Can you say the middle class and the upper, you know, the, yeah, the upper middle class? Because those are the ones that they're, that's pretty much going to pay through the nose. Uh, let's see here. Builds across this state accessible... Rapid charging, hold on, next page. Let me guess, rapid charging what? Stations for smart cars? Come on. I'm trying to, sorry. Rapid charging infrastructure for electric vehicles, of course. Also, makes rapid investments in the distribution network in this state to increase reliability. No longer oh my God. can we rely See, on those is, same This people. is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Hold on, guys. Wow. You done? Yeah. I was, uh, obviously, as you can all tell, I'm reading. Actually, I'm actually reading on my phone, so my hand was not even on the keyboard. I mean, this is the kind of nonsense that I'm dealing with, guys. This is so frustrating. But you know what? We shall move forward. In fact, I'm going to invoke the name of Jesus Christ in this right now. And whatever demon is trying to mess with me, be gone to the foot of the cross. I summon you back to hell. You need to get out of here. Jesus Christ is king, and he is the one that is in charge of the show. This is God's show, and you are not going to interfere with God's show. So whoever, whatever is trying to mess with this, you're not welcome. You can just go back to hell where you came from. All right, let's continue reading. You're not going to interrupt me. I'm a child of God. You don't know who I am, demon. All right. We're all children of God here at this channel. All right, let's continue on. So make rapid investment in a distribution network in this state to increase reliability and improve capacity for interconnections of a new renewable generation. 
No later. Okay, this is the part I was at. Okay, no later than 18 months after the effective date of this section, each investor owned utility in this state shall divest its generation, distribution, and transmission system to the state public utility. Hmm. The legislature shall implement this section by law. Now, here is Article 7, okay, Section 15, Article 7. Now, I'm, I'm going to be rounding this out here in a bit. Just bear with me. Okay. Any county, when authorized by its Board of Commissioners, shall have the authority to enter or to intervene in any action or certificate proceeding involving the services, charges, or rates of any privately owned public utility or utility established under Section 31 of Article 5 that furnishes services or commodities to rate payers within the county. Section 29. Except as otherwise provided in this section, a person, partnership, association, or corporation, public or private, operating a public utility does not have the right to any of the following. A, they do not have the right to use of highways, streets, alleys, or other public places or any of any county, township, city, or village for wires, poles, pipes, tracks, conduits, or other utility facilities without the consent of the duly constituted authority of the county, township, city, or village. B, transact local business in a county, township, city, or village without first obtaining a franchise from the county, township, city, or village. And then last page here I'm reading. Except as otherwise provided in this constitution, the right of all counties, townships, cities, and villages to the reasonable control of their highway streets, alleys, and public places is hereby reserved to those local units of government. Okay. Interesting. The state public utility established in Section 31 of Article 5 has the right to use highways, streets, alleys, or other public places of any county, township, city, or village for wires, poles, pipes, tracks, conduits, or other utility facilities without the consent, without the consent of the duly constituted authority of the county, township, city, or village, and the state public utility establishes in Section 31 of Article 5 does not need to obtain franchise to transact business in a county, township, city, or village. Resolve further that the foregoing amendment shall be submitted to the people of the state at the next general election in a manner provided by the law. So, basically what they want to do is they want to well, they, they, here's the basic thing. I mean, this is, well, it, well, let me just read what Donna wrote on her telegram. She says, emergency action. You're not going to believe what these Nazi POS politicians are proposing. Now read this article carefully. I will clarify their next plans to kill the peoples of Michigan by seizing and controlling all utilities, giving them the ability to cut off the entire supply at their choosing. If you thought mask mandates and forced vaxes were bad, or at least coerced vaccinations. I mean, there was really no force. You, you could be coerced, but let's be honest. There was really no forced vaccinations, but just wait. This is total devastation to the entire state. Homes, businesses, supply chain, you name it. 
They can shut down Michigan if this passes at will. Can you see what this will do? If the state has control of our public utilities, we will become little Venezuela up here in North America. Mark my words. Sorry, I needed to take a sip of water. We will become little Venezuela. <clears throat> when government took the, took over their oil companies down there and their electric utility companies, you know the only places on that country, in that country that actually had light, if you were looking at it from an aerial view from a satellite, the only places that had electricity were where the elites were at, where the upper echelon people were at, you know, those nice, beautiful gated communities. that They had electricity and all their little people that worked for them, but everyone else in the country, nothing. And remember... Venezuela was a very prosperous, top-producing, oil-producing you know, producing country around the world. I believe they were ranked top 10 in the world, as a matter of fact. Now look, what's come about Venezuela? Folks, this is one of the biggest reasons, among many big reasons, why we must assemble our states. I am going to keep drilling this home until Jesus comes or we get all 50 states, whichever comes first, or until Jesus calls me home, I guess. So there's three options. You have to assemble your states. You have to assemble your counties. Jason, why do you keep telling me this? Assemble your county, assemble your county, assemble your state, assemble the state. Why is that so important? Well, if you haven't listened to the previous shows that are highlighted underneath my website, hishardline.com, under National Assembly, go check it out. Listen to those key podcasts. Maybe that'll help you enlighten you. Educate yourself. Do a little digging. And I don't expect you to read everything on the national-assembly.net webpage, but I try to do a lot of the hard work for you by creating podcasts that's hopefully easy listening. And I do the reading and research for you, and I put it out in audio format so you can listen so you don't have to go digging and reading it. But in case you've missed it, let me just share and expound a little, uh, just a little bit why assembling 38 plus states in this place we call America is so important. First off, I implore you to go read Article 5 in the U.S. Constitution. 38 states equals three quarters of the 50 states. We need to return to original jurisdiction. The 1871, the Act of 1871, Services Contract, you know, uh, corporation, that's been voided out because of breach of contract. We are seeing the destruction of the de facto corporate government. There's no doubt that is exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing the destruction of the dollar. We're seeing the destruction of the de facto corporate government. Things are taking place at rapid, in a rapid pace, but yet people are still hung up on 2022 election. And I get it. It's important. But remember, we didn't fix 2020. It's just another distraction. 
Yeah, but Jason Donna's caught up on it. Yeah, I understand that, okay, because she ran for governor. She has a unique purpose and a role, okay? That's her fight. That's her purpose, okay? Our purpose over here at His Hard Line is two things. Help people turn to Christ, accept Christ in their heart. That's number one. Always will be number one. And how to center God at the heart of everything we do. And number two, discuss and implement the solution the only solution to fixing all the problems of this nation and honestly around the world. And that is to return to original jurisdiction pre-1861, where we self-govern ourselves in this nation, where we have a true representative republic of these United States of America. When we return back to original jurisdiction and we self-govern ourselves with small but limited government, we, the people at that point, have all the power. In fact, we do already have all the power. The unfortunate part is that sword is just too heavy for only a few people in the assembly to lift up, if you will. Okay? We, the people, do have the power. Unfortunately, it requires way more numbers of participation, not just in Michigan, but in other states, Iowa, Texas, Arkansas, Minnesota, New Mexico, Alabama, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Come on, guys. Look at it like this. In order for us to lift up that sword and wield that weapon that we the people actually do have and own, we just need a little bit more strength in numbers, folks. That requires 38 states. And then to impanel our petite grand juries in three quarters or more of the counties of these United States of America. That sword is much too heavy for just 15 states to try to lift up. We need 38 plus. And when we do have those strength and numbers and we can wield that weapon, we can finally tell the corporate services administration that's still clutching on the power. Okay, guys, your services are no longer needed. Not that you were really providing much service anyways, because you, you breached your contract of the, 1870, the Act of 1871. But we, the people, are now back in charge in the military. will now be taking our authorities from the civilian populace. Adios. Thank you for your services. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. This is why assembling our states, ladies and gentlemen, is so vital. If we had our assembly of states, this whole public utility crap nonsense that the state de facto corporate government is trying to basically propose a bill to basically claim ownership of it through eminent domain, none of this would be a thing. But because we don't have the power and strength in numbers yet, yet, these yahoos get to do whatever the heck they want yet in the de facto corporate government. Do you understand the urgency now? What's it going to take for you people who are not part of your assembly to start getting involved in the local level? What did General Mike Flynn always say? Local action equals national impact. It's a very simple equation. I don't know why it's so hard for people to understand. Do you have to get evicted from your house or have your power shut off before you wake up and start doing something on your local level? Or do you need the Nazis of America 
in the form of CIA and whoever else to come pounding your door down and drag you in the streets and execute you because you're a Christ-following believer? Or is it going to take you going to the grocery store trying to buy whatever groceries you can find for your family of five, and yet you can't find anything but a container of mustard and some really crappy canned asparagus in the in the in the canned good aisle. And now your family's suffering starvation. What's it gonna take until you wake up and start figuring out you need to be participatory in your local level in order to, well, start taking control? Or does it have to take a nuclear war? At which at that point, I don't think there's any coming back from that. Because I think if a nuclear bomb came dropping in our local area, I mean, we're pretty much evaporated. And which at that point, I'd be waiting for the shockwave. I'm like, okay, I'm coming, Jesus. Here we go. I mean, really, I'm at that point in my life now with everything that I've learned and everything that's going on. You know, to be honest with you guys, I just don't fear anything anymore. To be honest with you, like I go about my day and I'm just trying my best to live in the moment, to enjoy my family, to enjoy my daughter, to enjoy doing this podcast, to enjoy time with you fine folks. I'm not worrying about the mighty dollar. I'm not worrying about what's coming tomorrow or what's coming next week or next year. I'm not focusing on when the heck is silver going to break free and, and see, you know, hopefully we'll see when are we going to see five, $6,000 an ounce. I'm not worrying about any of that. All I'm worrying about is living in the moment. And like Zero in Michigan was saying, keep blowing your shofar, brother, in Jesus' name. And that's what all we're going to keep doing. We're going to keep blowing that shofar. We're going to keep proclaiming the name of Christ. We're going to keep glorifying God until one of three things happens. Well, two. Because even if we did get our 38 states, we're going to still keep doing that. But until one of two things happens, the Lord mighty Jesus comes in the flesh and returns, or he ends up calling me home. Whichever one comes first. So that's kind of uh, kind of just in a nutshell. And so for all of you non-Michiganders out there, it's something to pay attention to. Just because this is a Michigan thing does not mean it can't come to your backyard. Doesn't mean they can't do it in Iowa or Nebraska or Idaho or Maine. Okay, let's get to the reading. Out of the New American Standard Bible, it's a fairly short reading, only 12 verses. Isaiah chapter 25. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name, for you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. For you have turned a city into a heap, a fortified city into a ruin. A palace of strangers is no longer a city. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, a strong people will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you, for you have been a stronghold for the helpless, a stronghold for the poor in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a rainstorm against a wall, like heat in a dry land. You subdue the uproar of foreigners like heat by the shadow of a cloud. The song of the choice pieces with marrow and refined aged wine. 
And on this mountain, he will destroy the covering, which is over all peoples, the veil, which is stretched over all nations. He will swallow up death for all of time. And the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces. And he will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And it will be said on that day, behold, this is our God for whom we have waited that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let's rejoice and be glad in his salvation for the Lord, excuse me, for the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain and Moab will be trampled down in his place as straw is trampled down in the water of a manure pile. And he will spread out his hand in the middle of it as a swimmer spreads out his hands to swim. But the Lord will lay low his pride together with the trickery of his hands. The unassailable fortifications of your walls he will bring down, lay low, and throw the ground to the dust. And that's verses 1 through 12. And that's Isaiah chapter 25. Now, believers celebrate God for being faithful to his promise of righteousness and justice. And we rejoice to see truth, grace, and love be victorious. I mean, that's all we really want to see, especially in today's climate. Now, even so, we are also welcome God's judgments. Well, Jason, what are you talking about? We welcome God's judgments. Yes, it doesn't matter if you're righteous or not. Well, it does, but... Even if you're righteous, we welcome God's judgments. Even if that means judgment being taken place on our, you know, on us. Even, like I said, even at the cost of utter destruction of this world. And I think that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I think we are seeing so much judgment in this world yet. I'm just kind of at the point now where I just don't fear anymore. Truly, I don't fear. My anxiety has gone down. I don't chew on my fingernails or my, you know, my cuticles like I used to as much. Even my wife was even noticing. She goes, you, I noticed you don't you don't really pick pick as much like you used to. I said, no, I don't. She goes, that means your anxiety is going down. I'm like, yeah, I know. Ain't that crazy? I don't worry about this crap anymore. I welcome God's judgment, even at the cost of utter destruction of this world. We trust that God knows what is best. If he has to admonish this creation and beginning it anew, well, then so be it. We know that in the end, what God creates will be good. It always is, right? So we rejoice to see him take steps toward that goal. Now, some might argue and say, well, Jason, that's a pretty, that's a pretty um, dark thought. Is it? I mean, here's the thing. Only God knows what he's going to do. All we can do is just be in the moment, no matter what, and welcome every moment. You know, the sinner... On the contrary, though, it does not share this expectation. The one that would argue my point, right? So instead of looking forward to a new, just world in the life to come, the sinner's joy is in this life only. So when death comes, they are exposed for what they are, barren and without God. And therefore they tremble with fear, you know, they tremble in fear from any display of God's power and authority. And they know that God's judgment means their destruction. They know this. And so the judgment of God brings about a new just world order. Whoa, 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 Jason, did you just say a new world order? No. I said the judgment of God brings about a new just world order. 
See, that's one term that got bastardized, I think. World order. People hear the, the term world order, and right away it carries a very strong, heavy, negative connotation. Why? Well, because we keep hearing it in reference to the new world order, right? The one world order, one world government. But to have a new just, right, a justified, righteous world order, that's not so bad. That maybe that thousand years of peace we're all, you know, been maybe waiting for, hoping for. Once all evil and sin has been destroyed and cast into an everlasting fire, then God will wipe away the tears from the faces of the believers. No more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow. In the absent of evil, we can finally have everlasting joy. Why do you think at the beginning of every show, most shows, I always say, and if you put your trust and faith and, and you surrender your life over to God and Jesus Christ, 100%, they will steer your personal ship, your vessel, into that safe harbor so you can anchor, get your feet on dry land, and have peace once and for all. There's a lot of meaning and symbolism behind what I say in that. No more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow. In the absence of evil, we can have everlasting joy. Now, the Jews of Isaiah's day probably heard this promise gladly, and they were, you know, they were surely happy to know that God would one day wipe away the tears. Okay. However, they did not know what we know, what we now know. And God will not fulfill this promise until he makes the new heaven and earth. And that's referenced from Revelations 21, 14. So our hope is not in this life only, but in the life yet to come. And we look forward to eternity only after God's judgment is fulfilled. And when evil is forever separated from good. Only then will we live in a truly just society. So to the believer, God's judgment is therefore the final liberation from evil. It is the time when we are forever freed from oppression and rebuke. And to the sinner, however, it is the destruction of everything in which they trusted. Right? Every institution that they place their trust and confidence in. It will become their annihilation. So please, make sure you are able to meet God's judgment with faith in Christ. Don't go to God's judgment seat completely unprepared and still in your sin. All right? You don't want that to be the point of being too late, right? Wakening when you're already dead. You do not want to have that moment where you wake up after death. That'd be a terrible, terrible place to be. Don't want to wake up after death. That would stink. So as we kind of break this down verse by verse, if we look at verses one and two out of these 12 verses, now after all the judgment of the previous chapters, Isaiah praised the Lord. And then when all is said and done, believers will rejoice in how faithful he has been to his people. Now in verse three, the righteous are glad to see God's judgment on the wicked and everyone else is stuck in fear, struck with fear. Again, kind of something that we kind of really see being mimicked today especially with people that are still wearing face diapers called masks i mean those people must be 
well, I don't know what they must be. I'm not going to, I'm not going to poke fun, but all kidding aside of what I, well, all kidding intended to be aside, you know, I just, I shake my head in not just disappointment, but honestly, I shake my head in, in sadness for some of these people that are still wearing a mask. And I think to myself, I'm like, why are you, what are you so scared of? What is it that they, that they said that planted that seed of fear and it's now grown into an oak tree in your mind? What did they say? I'm curious what that precipice was for them that continues to make them wear that mask. Look, we could poke fun at these people all day long, but that's really not going to do any good. Okay. If we can be completely honest, it's not going to do any good. I could say a lot of things much worse than what anybody's saying in this chat. And not that anyone's saying anything bad, but like, you know, one person was saying they're submissive slaves. I agree. Another one was saying it's sad. Yes, I agree. They know not Jesus. That's definitely a big agreement on my on, from me. Yes. You know, we could poke fun and, and make all these claims to these people, but at the end of the day, it's really, we, we, we have to pray for these people, that they can escape this oppression, this bondage that the enemy has over their souls and their mind. Satan is a mother, you know what? And he needs to go back where he belongs. As we look at verses four and five, God is faithful to take care of the poor and oppressed while debasing the wicked. Verses six and seven, God will destroy the veil of darkness and lies that Satan has spread across the world. You see that reference from Ephesians 6, 12. This will make his ways plain to all people. Once it happens, it's going to be very clear as day what's taking place. I really believe that. As we look at verse eight, now through Jesus's death at the cross, he overcame the power of death which enabled souls to return to heaven by himself going into the prison that currently held all souls and then ascending to the father for wiping away tears compare with, you know, you can compare that with revelation 21, 14. And then as we look at the last three verses or four, actually nine through 12, God promises that when he comes back, he will be our God and those who have waited patiently for his coming will be saved. God also promises that the idolatry and haughtiness of man will be destroyed as he spreads his influence across the world. I truly believe, and this is just a inner, I don't, I don't know how to put this. I don't want to say an inner knowing. I'll just say this. This is kind of my opinion and thought. The, sh the channel has been growing really well, and I appreciate all of you out there that have been sharing this channel, this, 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 this podcast. I don't even like using the word channel. I've been learning a lot of words lately, and I'm not a big fan of channel because channel seems to be like a very witchy, satanic type of uh, word. So I don't even want to use that word channeling, but I do appreciate everybody sharing this podcast. It's much appreciated. And it's, some days I, I grow a little frustrated if I'm going to be honest with you, because I feel like it's not growing as fast as it, I feel like it should. But at the same time, I also have to take a step back and I, and I have to analyze, okay, well, what, what is actually really going on? 
maybe God set this up, right? Obviously, God set this up. And he's having me practice. He's having me get more familiar with the Bible more than I ever had before. And he's kind of helping me sharpening my sword, if you will, right? The sword of spirit. And to understand more of what he has in this great book we call the Bible. Meanwhile, yes, he's growing this slow and steady, not too crazy, where it looks like it's a viral show. Not too nuts, right? But just enough to keep me, because he knows how I am. We're, we're, I'm, a, I'm a goal-oriented individual. I like, I like growth, both spiritually, mentally, personally, maritally, financially. I like growth. I do. And I think that's men in general. We like to achieve our goals. I believe, and this is just my belief, that God is just slowly basically keeping this growing to make sure, okay, we got to make sure Jason doesn't lose interest. Not that I would, but I know how Jason is. I created him. I know what makes him tick. And I think at that final moment, and, and I don't mean this from a literal sense, but like when hell breaks loose, and we finally have that crisis point, and then we get to the point to where after the storm hits, if you will, and people start turning more to God, I think at that point on the other side is when I think this podcast, in all honesty, and it may it might be two years, three, four years from now. I don't know. However long it takes, even if it takes 20 years from now, I don't know. It's God's timing, not my timing. I'm just here to be here daily. That's it. But whenever that point occurs, then I think this podcast will just blow up bigger than Joe Rogan's show, to be quite honest with you. I really do. But again, that's just a thought. Uh, there's going to be a lot that's going to be asked of very few people in this world by so many. And that was something that was said by, I want to say it was the um, Ireland or Scotland's prime Prime Minister, I believe he said that to Donald Trump. Never will there be a time where so much will be asked by so many of so few. Well, who are the few? Well, all of you who are listening to this right now. All the people that are in assembly. All the people that are tr people that were seeking truth that were considered nut jobs and conspiracy theorists by your closest friends and family members. All of you are going to look like geniuses here in a couple of years. Watch. We're already starting to look like geniuses to some people. Heck, there are some people back a few years back. I was explaining some different things about you know, the Illuminati and, and, and the New World Order and stuff like that. And I kept getting poo-pooed by some of my friends and family. And they're like, you're a freaking nut job. Go back to your tinfoil, you know, apartment. Well, some of those people remembered some of the things I said, and they came back saying, you were right. I remember. I remember you talking about this, Jason. I'm like, yeah, hello. Are we awake now? 
I've only been pounding this jump, you know, this drum on this particular, you know, subject or, or this or that only for, I don't know, nine, 10, 11, 12 years. You're just now waking up. Welcome to the party. The chips and dip is, is, is long gone in the, in the pop is stale and the beer is warm. This party's been long on its way. Long, you know, it's been well on its way. Destry was just saying right here in the chat board. Those of us with knowledge and the will to do what must be done with no expectation of reward. Yeah. Those are the few. I don't have an expectation really much of anything. I, you know, honestly, you know what I just want to see? I just want to see more people turn to Jesus. I want to see more families prosper. I want to see more marriages. I want to see more marriages last. I want to see more nuclear families actually being created in this nation. I just want to see a nation go back to the old school ways of how it, things used to be. A simpler way. Back to where people knew how to can, every household knew how to can their own food and store their food in a root cellar and every family, every household had a garden. Where people used to dress up in their Sunday best when they would just go walking down the street for a stroll. When I was in the marketing and sales uh, sector for the health and fitness industry, my wife and I worked with a YMCA in Calcutta, Ohio. Now, the town, oh, what was it called? It was right next to Calcutta. Um, oh, man, it's going to. It's going to bother me. Hold on. I, I got to pull this up now on Google. I'm, uh, there was a town. We have a postcard. Maybe I'll I'm going to find that postcard. Let's see here. Calcutta, Ohio. Hold on. I'm sorry to do this to you guys. I, I have to find out where we, where we were at. It was right near Calcutta. Hold on. So looking at Google Maps right now. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, this is going to bother me. That's what it was. East Liverpool. I, it was a weird name. So our hotel was in, you know, so we had a hotel that was actually on the other side of the river um, in West Virginia. I want to say it was. All right. Because we were right there in the tri-state area where Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Ohio bordered east liverpool if you drove through that town that town is so decimated is so run down there's no businesses anymore you could tell there was a lot of history i'm gonna find that postcard in fact i know exactly where it's at because i have a postcard of east liverpool ohio it was a photo of what it used to look like back in the day. And when I say back in the day, I'm talking more in the era of like the 40s and 50s. I want to say it was the 50s. It was a beautiful black and white photo. 
of downtown East Liverpool. I mean, it was so busy with cars and people out and about and shopping and people enjoying each other's company and going out for ice cream. Everybody's dressed in their Sunday best. I mean, we're talking good glory days. It looked so busy. It looked like it was freaking Times Square. There was so many old retro cars just back to back down the main drag of East Liverpool. What happened, Zero was asking, I don't know, but a lot of industries in the steel industry and the coal industry, they just started leaving, went away, gone. It's a ghost town. The people that grew up and for generations and had family generations that grew up in that area, I've heard so many awesome stories about the way that town used to be. And I'm sure there is so much knowledge and so much tradition and, and, and just good wealths of knowledge that people must have had there, but now it's all gone. That's what these people, these elite want. They, they want us to forget about the past. They don't want us remembering the past. They don't want us knowing the knowledge from our elders. That's why they try to kill them by putting them in, in, in old folks homes and in nursing homes and try to kill the wisdom class. We got to get back to the old ways of doing things. You know why they don't want us remembering how to do old, you know, different things like canning or preserving meat and, and storing meat without needing an actual refrigerator or how to create G what, you know, your own, you know, natural made heating and cooling using geothermal properties of the earth. They want you to be dependent on their system. Going back to what I was talking about, about the public utilities being owned and operated through eminent domain by the state. Don't you see where this is going? They want us to be completely 100% utterly under their control. You control the food, you control the people, you control the energy and power, you control a nation. Yeah, like Rita was just saying right here, buy hard copy books of the old ways of doing things. Yeah. I want to get back to an old way of doing things. Honestly, I would love to see nothing more than a society where all TV, all TVs are completely decimated. I'd love to see cable and satellite TV just go away. Even internet to a degree. I mean, internet still has a purpose, but I'd like to see that even, and I know it's kind of an extreme thing for me to say because I podcast and rely on the internet, right? But you know what? If it meant just trying to use the AM FM radio airwaves, right? Using analog airwaves instead of digital to get this broadcast out. I think I'd much rather do that than rely on internet. We need to get back to the old ways of doing things. But at the end of the day, first thing is first. We can't do anything. We can't fix any of these problems until we assemble all 38 states. That's really all there is to it. I say all 38, all 50 states, but we need minimum 38. 30 people, minimum for a state to become assembled. 
So that's pretty much all we have for today. I hope you all have a great day. Let's get into a prayer. Let's see if this will actually play. Looks like it will. Cool. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you, as usual, for another day of life and good health, not just for ourselves, but for our families, our spouse, spouses. I say spouses, only one spouse, but everybody is a collective, and our children and our extended family. And just pray for our nation. We, we pray for forward motion and movement, that we get our 38 plus states, that justice does get served. And we know it will because vengeance is yours. This is not ours. It is yours. And so we will put 100% trust in you that you will do what you do best because you're God. And we will do what we need to do. And that's to follow you and not just try to forgive others, but forgive ourselves, but also go to you for forgiveness and repent of our sins to you. So, and most importantly, turn away from our sins and never to repeat these same sins over and over again. So we just ask for your guidance on that. Thank you so very much for all that you do. And we just continuously ask that you keep guiding us. And we pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all we have for this Monday evening or morning or afternoon, depending on where you're at in the world. And uh, I hope, again, you all have a great day or night. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate all of your attendance here. And remember, we got to assemble our states. I'm going to keep pounding this home because this is the only solution. Excuse me. It's the only solution that's below God. God really ultimately is the only solution. Okay. God is really the only solution to everything, honestly. But as far as within our power structure, as people, as sovereign people, assembling our states is what is needed. And in order to be successful, we have to center God at the heart of that effort. That's really all there is to it. So with all that said, we'll be back here tomorrow for another episode here at His Heart Line. And remember, just like it says in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna oh, man, suck it's gonna to be you deep staters when this is all said and done. You guys really have no idea what's coming for you. <laughs> Watch out, the American people are coming for you. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Live. Remember, you can tune in every single evening. Except on Thursdays. I hope you all have a blessed day. And remember, like a states in Joshua 1.9, I command you. 
Be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you for joining us at His Heart Line.